This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello and welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online Show. I hope everybody had a good, safe 4th of July holiday weekend. It's always tough to get back to work on these uh, shortened holiday weeks, but uh, we are here in the dog days of July, just a couple of weeks out from the start of Big Ten Media Days. Nebraska's fall camp will start, obviously, um, within that first week of August, so uh, we're getting kind of close to that countdown, and as we start off today's show, I want to bring in Nate Klaus and Robin Washett. Uh, we wanted to, to kind of just have an open discussion about this topic. Um, you know, Nebraska's kind of in that point a year ago where they selected their captains. Uh, still don't know exactly what they're going to do, how, when they'll select these captains, but we thought it'd be fun to start off today's show as a group here, um, just kind of discussing um, some names, some predictions, uh, how and who we think will be Nebraska's captain. So let me start with you first, Rob, and g- give me two names right now that you think are locks to be Nebraska captains. If I were to be a betting man, which I occasionally am, I would say probably my biggest lock is going to be for captain, I'd say Jordan Westerkamp, just because he's kind of the all-American guy that has really been, you know, the the, the clean-cut leader of this team. Um, you know, d- does everything right um, on and off the field, seemingly. So, uh, I think that he's probably a pretty safe bet. And the other guy I would put is Sam Foltz. Uh, I mean, I know it's odd sometimes to put a punter as your team captain, but this guy is kind of the definition of uh, what Nebraska football is all about. You know, the walk-on kid from Grand Island who you know busted his butt to earn a scholarship is now is probably the most decorated player on the roster and has a chance to be uh, an All-American and the the National Punter of the Year. So I think that those two guys are probably uh, the guys that I would say are the most likely. But, you know, that third spot is still up for debate. Nate Klaus? I'd agree with that, but I'd also throw in Nate Gary. I think that uh, he's definitely a leader of that defense, kind of the heart and soul. He he brings the energy to that entire side of the football. Uh, And again, kind of like Jordan Westerkamp, Sam Foltz, is that All-American type of guy. I think that people look to him as a leader. So I would throw Nate Gary into that conversation, um, you know, as someone who has a very likely shot of getting getting a captain spot. Yeah, after Nathan Gary, I think the defensive debate for who will be the captains is interesting. I, I think a name that's gained some steam here this offseason has been Josh Banderas. Uh, he's been selected by Mike Riley to go to the Big Ten Media Days. From what we're told, uh, he'll be there with Jordan Westerkamp and Tommy Armstrong. Um, but you know, I think he's a guy that you have to look at on the defense um, based on what this system is. Mike Riley has said that the middle linebacker, if this defense operates correctly, will lead the conference in tackles or be right up there. And um, if Josh Banderas is going to have the career, the year that we think, that's that that's what has to happen this year. And uh, they know his importance. I think Michael Rose Ivy probably deserves some discussion mm-hmm. right now um, in, in that debate. I mean, the fact that he's been hurt, I think, has hurt him a lot, but no doubt a leader um, amongst the players in the locker room. On the defensive line, I think Ross Azuris, but I I don't really put him up there with those guys right now. He would be the only guy on the defensive line to me that probably would warrant, you know, some, at least a few votes. 
because he is considered one of the hardest workers on the team, etc. But um, yeah, I think Gary's a lock. And if I had to go another defensive guy, I'd go uh, Josh Banderas. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with you on Bando there. I thought the fact that he was one of the three guys selected to go to Big Ten Media is, was, was pretty telling. Uh, I mean, that, that really says a lot about what the coaches, you know, think of you, not only as a football player, but as a person that you're going to go uh, on a national stage and represent the program. Uh, and like you mentioned before, I mean, that middle linebacker spot, they've made it no secret that that's got to be the captain of the defense. And uh, I think this is a role they've been trying to push Josh in for the last you know year or so. And uh, hopefully this is kind of the point where he kind of starts to embrace that and is able to, you know, live up uh, to all that entails both on and off the field. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, and A. Klaus were discussing potential captains for Nebraska as we get ready to start this 2016 season here on the Husker Online Show. And, you know, let's get right to the elephant in the room. Nobody at this table uh, mentioned Nebraska's four-year starting quarterback, Tommy Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Nate Klaus, why? Well, I think that, uh, you know, coming off the year that he had with some controversy off the field uh, with some incidents and then, you know, a subpar performance, really, I, I think that, you know, those two things combined maybe um, put him behind some other guys. I know that he was the captain last year and, and I, you know, I don't want to speculate, but part of it kind of felt like that maybe, you know, was by default, um, you know, that he was named captain when, under a new coaching staff and everything and uh, returning starter at arguably the most important position on the field. So, uh, but I mean, I think there are some other guys that, that you look to before Tommy Armstrong right now in terms of overall leadership, um, you know, the having that camaraderie. Kind of that top to bottom respect. Ex- mm-hmm. Exactly. Not just the, the, the key players, but everybody type mm-hmm. of deal. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Nate. I think that, um, you know, the way some of these things off the field went down with him, you got to wonder kind of, uh, do they think that he's you know that that caliber of player? I mean that, that that can be that face of your program as a team captain. And uh, does he have the whole locker room respect like we were talking about? I don't know that at this point. And uh, yeah, I think last year was kind of a default situation where you put your returning senior, you know, starting quarterback as one of the team captains. But uh, with the other options that they have, you know, some of the other guys that we've mentioned, you got to wonder if some of those other guys might be more deserving uh, to be a captain than Tommy. Yeah, another guy I'll put on the offense we haven't talked about is. Dylan Utter, I think he's another player along with Westy uh, and Armstrong that will be in that conversation. He's the lone returning senior offensive lineman. Uh, I think Nick Gates will be a captain, whether it's one year or two years in his career. Um, But hopefully they get away, guys, from the underclassmen captains. I mean, it never had happened before until Bill Callahan appointed Joe Daly, a sophomore who had never started quarterback a captain, um, and that went real well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Josh Bullocks and uh, was Fa- I think Fabian Washington, uh, they were underclassmen captains as well. And that, that really ruffled some feathers oh, back yeah. in the day because uh, before that time, there had never been an underclassman captain, and we saw some last year as well. But it hasn't happened all that often. Well, and you put yourself in such a weird position because who's to say what's going to happen over the next 12 months when you're in the situation again where you're uh, deciding captains and all of a sudden you have a guy that was a returning captain from your team last year that maybe you don't want him to be a captain anymore or he's kind of lost the privilege of having that title and so uh, yeah I agree I think it should always be seniors and it's, it's I think it just makes more sense both you know logistically you know for avoiding potential conflicts like uh, we've seen in the past but but also because the, you know it's just, it's a kind of a right you earn as a senior you know you've put in four or five years of work that uh, that should be a title that you know should be should be a reward for um, you know all the contributions you've made over your career. 
Well, I think you have to look at what 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 does captain mean? What does being captain of the football team mean? And I, to me, I think one of the key components of that is is having been through everything there is to go through, whether that's right. leading off-season workouts and, and being that guy to kind of rally the troops and, and push guys to their limits in the off-season. Uh, a guy, when things are going poorly during a game and during the fall, uh, that you know other players can look to um, and, and they can instill confidence in those guys to get through any type of adversity that they might be going through during the field. Um, you know, So I think that overall experience is huge. And when you're putting an under Classman as a captain who maybe hasn't experienced everything there is to experience, uh, whether it be in the offseason or, or during you know the, the actual games, I think you can put yourself in a precarious situation there. From what I know, guys, I think this will go all the way into the month of August. I, I don't think they're going to announce anything before camp. They might, um, but I think this will go into August, where last year we knew who the captains of the team were in June. Um, so it will be interesting, and I, I think there's just that – political layer right now of Tommy Armstrong, the what if he's not voted a captain? Well, I think it's okay. Connor Cook was not a captain of yeah. Michigan State. Tommy, Tommy Frazier. Frazier was not a captain at Nebraska. You don't have to be a captain necessarily to be a great leader. Tommy Frazier was one of the best on-field generals of all time, and he was not a captain of the team. Connor Cook, you could argue, was the same type of quarterback, so – um, we know Tommy Armstrong is going to play his butt off this year if he's a captain or not. But I, I do think as a head coach, you, you, you think about that a little bit, though. Hey, is, you know, if we vote and open this up and my guy's not, you know, is this going to mess with him a little bit? So uh, lots to think about for Mike Riley as, as they go into uh, the month of August and July here and, and get ready for this 2016 season. So we have a full show on tap here today. Uh, we're going to talk some basketball recruiting in our next segment uh tim miles and his staff officially hit the road for the july recruiting period uh, we'll get robin washett's thoughts on that and, and kind of some of the names and, and needs for nebraska then we caught up with austin allen nebraska's tight end recruit from aurora uh, got an update from him on his knee injury and where things are at and then adam gorney rivals.com's west coast analyst uh gave us an update on just some of his thoughts on some of the big west coast names uh including jameer calvin and, and what that notre dame offer may have done uh, with him in the recruiting process and we'll close things out with a big picture look of offensive recruiting with Nate Klaus but next Robin Washett with Husker Basketball Recruiting you're listening here to the Husker Online Show You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. We just had a great discussion about captains as Nebraska here sits in the summer months. Still trying to figure that out, what direction they're going to go. Uh, but we're going to shift gears now over to basketball as the, it is now the month of July, which means uh, Husker coaches are out on the road in full force, Robin. And, you know, give us an idea kind of what – what the layout is, it's, most of our listeners are football fans. They don't really get too hardcore into Nebraska basketball recruiting. In fact, you're probably one of the few guys that really covers uh, the ins and outs of Husker basketball recruiting. So, uh, first of all, what is kind of the calendar and, and, and what's going on right now? So, for each calendar year, there's basically two main uh, live period months. The first one's in April. That's kind of when the AAU season kicks off. Um, you know, there are a couple different weekends that they open up for coaches to go on the road and, you know, get to see recruits in person. And usually that's when you get your first round uh, of offers, especially for classes down the road. So like 
for this past April. You're getting a lot of 2018 kids uh, identified just to kind of get the ball rolling uh, on some prospects there. But uh, July is really kind of what is considered the primary recruiting month of the college basketball calendar. Um, it's when the, all the major tournaments are going capped off at the end of the month, um, you know, with Peach Jam out in uh, Georgia and um, some other big, you know, the tournaments in Las Vegas and whatnot. So uh, this is really kind of the month where uh, as far as this upcoming like 2017 class, for example, that's when you're really going to start to see one player start narrowing down their lists uh, and maybe start setting up official visits. And two, for uh, you know a team like Nebraska to really start to identify who the primary targets are for this upcoming recruiting class going into uh, obviously the, the first signing period in November. So this is a really important uh, next few weeks here. There's going to be three um, separate sessions. You know, obviously this uh, starting right now this weekend uh, is kind of the first round and there's going to be two more after this uh, like I said with with the third and final one kind of being the big shebang with the, the the championship rounds of everything how big is it Robin as we talk Husker basketball recruiting Nebraska football has three September home games in a row to open the year Fresno mm-hmm. State Wyoming Oregon um, for Tim Miles on the basketball staff that has to be a really nice thing to build off of especially with a Fresno night game and then a 230 Oregon game Potentially, maybe a Dwayne Wade or oh, yeah. Tyron Lue could be back at, at one of these games. Uh, we know Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union plan to return to one of the games. So, if you get your strategy on, you could maybe plan that out a little bit to yeah, your advantage. It's it's totally huge, and Nebraska has made it made no secret that they're going to try and take full advantage of the football atmosphere because, I mean, it's a golden opportunity to display, you know, what this fan base is all about and just kind of how passionate, uh, you know, the, this the city, this state, uh, and, you know, the entire, you know, Nebraska sports community is about their, their you know, athletic programs. And so uh, it's, it's one of those deals that, you know, obviously you would love to get kids on campus for basketball games, you know, be able to see Pinnacle Bank Arena, but but uh, the reality is, you know, for their, you know, top level prospects, Nebraska just, you know, they're not, they're not going to get kids to a lot of games on visits because it's hard to schedule, um, you know, games to, to, to come to for basketball because kids are in season. Uh, and so the football is just a golden opportunity. The coaches can spend the entire trip with them, you know, have a lot of one on one interaction and then get to see, you know, the Nebraska athletics at its finest stage. And uh, even more so this year. Uh, you remember back in the spring game, Nebraska's coaches didn't have any recruits on campus because, you know, we were talking about those April uh, recruiting periods. The first day of it or the first weekend of it and was the weekend of the spring game. Anybody who's anybody is in a yes. tournament. Yeah, you, you can't just sit back and, you know, have some unofficial visitors. It's just not the way basketball recruiting works. You have to be on the road, be seen uh, by recruits, because like I said, April's nice and everything, but it's, it's you got to set the tone for July. And so and, and add in the fact they were shorthanded a coach at the time too that that really kind of put them behind the eight ball so looking ahead to this fall yeah these first few non-conference games for the football schedule are going to be very important for basketball as well how many when you look at numbers um we're talking basketball recruiting with robin washett for that 2017 class what are the numbers like today i mean they're looking at two to three to four guys i mean how many guys can you see them taking it and we know they need a big man. I think they've needed yeah. a big man every year since yeah. Dave Hoppin left the program. <laughs> so we we could already check that box that they're going to try to get a big man. Yeah, you could probably check need a big man for every single recruiting class from here to the end of time. So, yeah, that will be a priority uh, as it was every year. But as of right now, they have three available scholarships for 2017. One of those is currently being occupied by uh, Aguaca Rope from Omaha South. So that leaves them two unclaimed scholarships. And that's counting the Andrew White one. Right, right. Yeah, that, that does not include Andrew White. So they have 
two right now open, and then you know they they really only lose uh, Ty Webster going going to next year. So that that's so they're in good shape. Yeah, I mean, it's, they, it's 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 good because you know you get to carry that over. Obviously, um, you know you you got some holes to fill. Um, you know you, you got to get some backcourt help because uh, outside of you know. Uh, uh, Glenn Watson, you don't have another point guard on the roster, so and that, Ed, Ed Chang, he's 18, right? Yeah, 2018. So, uh, yeah, there, there's you know a couple different ways they can go with that. I fully expect them to get you know another you know type of you know one of those hybrid guards, you know that that two guard that uh, can, can you know be one of those long interchangeable two, three, maybe even play the four. Uh, and there's been a couple guys that uh, have been identified. You know, we're talking about this this first round of the July recruiting period. Uh, Nebraska's uh, Tim Miles and Jim Molinari were both front and center uh, to watch a kid they offered last month uh, out of Illinois, 2017 kid named Nana Akenton. I'll get that one right. But yeah, he, he's, a, he's a guy that, you know, there's a lot of similarities to Isaiah Roby there. You know, he's an unranked kid. You know, nobody really knows that much about him. But, uh, you know, Isaiah Roby was the same way and ended up being one of the top players in the state of Illinois when all was said and done. So this is a guy that is kind of that Tim Miles special that uh, Nebraska is clearly very, very interested in. They, they uh, He came on an official visit last month, uh, picked up an offer. And, you know, obviously the first day of the you know first July recruiting period, you know, Tim Miles and Jim Molinari are sitting there watching all of his games. So he's kind of emerged is probably you know maybe one of those top priority kids uh, that we're talking about here for you know the the home stretch here of the 2017 class locally when you look at the AAU scene I think two teams really have stood out team Nebraska Express coached yeah. by Alvin Mitchell former Cincinnati and uh, UNO guard from Burke and then you have Omaha elite who's been an established entity the last couple of years and I think Omaha uh, the Crusaders uh, yeah. OSA Crusaders OSA. Um, as, as kind of the third team or right there as well but um, with those three Nebraska teams, I think Bison has kind of fallen back behind them, uh, mainly because they didn't play in the April uh, recruiting period uh, where a lot of those guys wanted to do both, so they switched over programs. But what have you seen locally, any names at all? I know we've talked about Anthony Bratton from Westside, yeah. David Wingate uh, from Winget. Winget from Winnebago is another name that, that gets play. Logan Strom from Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Any local names on the radar right now? Yeah, I mean, the obvious ones, uh, Ed Chang, you know, he's probably the, the highest profile kid, but, you know, that's a 2018 kid, so a lot of time to go with him. Uh, but an interesting development, you know, we, the, along with seeing uh, some other, you know, wings, you know, including Nana Kenton, uh, Tim Miles watched Logan Strom, an Omaha elite play uh, on Wednesday night. So, I mean, that's the guy that they're intrigued by. You know, the, the problem with him is if he could grow two more inches. He's really about 6'6". Six, six. He'd be a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, he's not a true six eight. Right, exactly. So he's about a six six, maybe generously speaking. Six, Michael seven. Jacobson's about that same size, but he's grown Jacobson's more. Jacobson's about six eight, six nine. Now. So he's grown. Yeah. He's actually yeah. grown since he's oh yeah, been and in high he's school. put on a lot of weight too. So uh, you know, obviously there's room for that with Strom. I mean, what he's got ever? I think he's got a size nineteen shoe, something like that. Basically, so, like a water ski on yeah, his foot. Yeah. So basically, I mean, there's there's room for that to happen, but like it's that position, that situation where if he were a couple inches taller, he'd be a no brainer. You know, in state kid that's got the body of a football player that can be a you know a grinder in the post is afraid isn't afraid to do the dirty work. But 
you know, I think they're just kind of monitoring him and see, you know, what he's going to do with, you know, football, basketball, or, or whatever it may be. But that, that's one guy that's uh, certainly um, emerged. And, you know, with, the, you know, David Winget and um, you know, he's got a North Dakota offer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Anthony Bratton, you know, I think that they're just, I don't see that really happening. Isaiah Porbear Chandler picked up a bowling, uh, bowling green offer. That's where uh, Malik Hukawechi is nice. at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Bellevue West, got to say that uh, with a mouthful. Oh, I know, I know. So yeah, and, and Isaiah Chandler, or, sorry, poor bear Chandler, uh, he's probably the. I mean, you talk about the, maybe the top D one prospects in the state. He's got to be right up there. But unfortunately, he just, his the knock on him is you know will he bring it every single time? There's he always on a the little court. baggage factor. Sometimes. Well, yeah, and there, there's lapses in his effort, and, and so that's been the one thing that's holding him back. If he can put it together on a consistent basis and go out and show that he can be a dominant center in the state of Nebraska, which there's zero reason he can't be. I mean, there, there's not a player like him in the state. Uh, the, then you might start to talk about him, him being a really legitimate candidate. But at this point, uh, I mean, the, he's just another one of those in-state kids that Nebraska's keeping an eye on. But uh, at that point, that's kind of all it is, is at this point. Is he on Express or Elite? Uh, he's on elite elite. Okay. So yeah, most of those guys are divided amongst the two teams, but plenty to follow here. Husker basketball recruiting. Uh, make sure you stick on Husker online as Robin Washett will have full coverage of what Tim miles and the Huskers will do here over this month of July. When we come back on the program, we're going to catch up with another guy that could, could have been a basketball player, but, uh, Austin Allen, Nebraska's 2017 tight end recruit. He joined us. We're going to catch up with Austin. That's next here on the Husker online show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online show as we make our way here through the dog days of July. And uh, we're pleased to be joined here on the show by Austin Allen, Nebraska's in-state tight end recruit from Aurora. Austin, first of all, thanks for taking some time away. Hope you're enjoying your summer here as as you guys get closer. You'll be starting school here uh, not too long from now. Oh yeah! Hey, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's summer's going by, going by fast. Well, well, yeah. Let, let's get right down to business. Obviously, you, you've kind of had a speed bump here over your summer um, with the knee injury you suffered. Um, kind of in a, a fluke deal playing uh, a summer basketball tournament with your high school team against Beatrice. And ironically, Husker commit Cam Jurgens uh, was the guy, I think, guarding you in that game. But uh, give Husker fans an idea kind of where you're at with the injury, kind of what the prognosis was and, and kind of your timeline uh, of getting back out there. Yeah, it was, it was a speed bump for sure. <laughs> it's, uh, it was, we had surgery about a month ago today. It's, it went great. Uh, Dr. Claire did in Lincoln. He uh, he said four to six months. He was pretty set on that too. Um, uh, recovery is month after surgery. I was supposed to have a checkup. That's and that's this Monday actually. Uh, going there. Hopefully he'll let me start walking on and whatnot. Get get going in his rehab. But uh, Coach Riley called. He said this uh, this has no no effect on the offer whatsoever. So it's it's a great feeling to have that knowing that in the back of my head. But uh. Sounds like most football season I could get back week eight or nine, district time or so. So hopefully we'll get back in the biz in the swing of things real yeah, soon. You know, it, it's funny. I talked to um, uh, Glenn Snodgrass, the coach of York, and I know you guys have a huge game with York. And um, there's another Husker recruit now on their team, Mastery Maypu. I believe is that week eight or week nine? Is that kind of um, uh, when that falls on the schedule for you guys? That is that is about the time. Yeah. So it, I just, I'm just I'm just not like I'm. 
if I'm ready, I'll come back. But I'm not. I'm not going to be pushing things because I mean, it's my senior year. I still kind of want to play basketball and track and participate in my high school events. I mean, it's not like it's going to be my last time ever playing football. It's, you know, we got the Huskers and whatnot. But if I'm back, if I'm ready to play, I'll be back. Talking to Austin Allen, Nebraska's 2017 tight end recruit out of Aurora, and when you when you look at it now, just having the recruitment done, uh, you got it done, I believe in in March or April of your junior year. Uh, how big of a relief now is to have that done, knowing kind of what you're going through right now? Because who knows what could have happened if uh, you, you kind of kept your options open this late in the game, like really every other kid in the state's doing right now. Yeah, it's, that was a good way of putting it. Who knows what would happen? I mean, with this knee injury and all, but. It was just good having this over with and good to hear from Coach Riley about how he stood on this knee injury. It's just great that it has no effect on it. I guess if there is one positive, Austin, um, you could gain some, some good weight out of this. I mean, you're such an active guy that you run a lot playing basketball and track and, and football, but uh, being a little bit limited, um, how, I mean, have you been able to put on a little weight already just in, in, the, in the month that you've been away from everything? Yeah, uh, it's it's. I've lost I've lost some weight right after surgery and I, I just started packing on so that's good I guess I guess another good thing is I mean it'll this will really set me back see how good of a like it'll put me where see how good of I can of a teammate I can be from the sidelines and, and whatnot and it's really what like a, any play could be your last what are you up uh, to right now with your weight I'm about two thirty two. 232, uh-huh. When uh, we saw you down in Lincoln uh, from Nebraska's Friday Night Lights camps, were you down there for two two of the camps to watch this uh, this summer? Yeah, I went down for two. I mean, anything to get me out of the house because being cooped up in the house isn't, isn't all that much fun. So, yeah, I went down the last two. Yeah, what was that like? I mean, uh, especially the final one. You had 3,000 Husker fans out in attendance. Several of the key recruits were there. Uh, I mean, for you to get a chance to see a lot of those guys and spend a little more bit more time and, and visit with some of them uh, and the coaching staff. I and mean, what was it like for you in Lincoln uh, just being around everything and, and kind of seeing it all firsthand as a Husker recruit? It was cool to see some, I mean, future future big-time athletes, I mean, wherever they go, hopefully. I mean, hopefully it's Nebraska, but just cool to see them all and whatnot. And just the fans there are just a reassuring fact that Nebraska is the greatest place to play in the country. And whatnot. I mean, it's the best fans in the country for sure. What was your biggest takeaway just from some of those receivers? Because there were some really, really good receivers and skill play in a, um, you know, on, on the stage that night in Memorial Stadium. That's it's, We're going to be a high-powered offense, I'll tell you that. Uh, come couple years, but I don't know it's, it was, that was a lot of talent. It was just awesome to see out there. We're talking with Austin Allen here, uh, Nebraska's 2017 tight end recruit out of Aurora, as uh, he gets ready to start his senior year here uh, for the Huskies. Um, and you know, you, you guys played in the state championship a year ago, uh, losing to Elkhorn South, and you know, and when until Gavin Rush got hurt, you guys obviously I think had control of that game. And when you start to look ahead to your team, I know you won't be uh, playing potentially till later in the year. But uh, what is the, the 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 drive and the hunger level with your team uh, going into this year? And do you think can they get back? I mean, how realistic is it that they can get back to Lincoln and and uh, get another shot at the state championship? I, I think we have a very good possibility. Um, our guys, we're, we're getting out after it. I mean, our, our team in the weight room is uncommon this year, and they're doing uncommon things, just going out and getting after all the weights and whatnot. And, I mean, going through these seven-on-sevens in summers, it's you can see improvement in our team and our chemistry and uh, whatnot. But hopefully, come two days, I mean, we'll start clicking 
pick up where we left off last year and hopefully top it off with that championship, like you said. When you look at just like the, the success of Aurora as far as putting out guys, I mean, you go back to Andrew Rodriguez, the Brockmeyer brothers, yourself, Todd Honus, all guys that have gone on to Nebraska where you, know, you look at a lot of Omaha and Lincoln schools. They don't have that many guys that have gone in to play for the Huskers, whether it's scholarship or walk-on. I mean, what, what do you think is the, the, the secret to getting so many of you guys developed and ready, um, even though your numbers maybe don't dictate that when you compare yourself to a lot of the Class B and Class A schools out there? I guess it's definitely, it's definitely just the Roar tradition of just, well, they're just wanting to go out there and give it all for their town because this town gives so much to our program. It's, I mean, it's just definitely tradition of our football program. It's, it's just, it runs back so many years, how many playoffs times we've been there. It's, I, th- I think the biggest thing is definitely tradition. You guys have a great stadium, too. Uh, I went out there a couple years ago. You guys played Scott's Bluff um, out there in a game, and I couldn't believe how nice the field turf was. You guys had play clocks, which at the time, I think there were only two or three other stadiums in the state that had operating play clocks on the field. Yeah, it's our stadium. It's another thing that says a lot about our fan base. Our school didn't pay much of any of that at all. That was all donations by our, our like fans, I mean. They all put money together and they pulled together, got a committee going. We got field turf, which is great for our, for our community. Well, Austin, uh, everybody's rooting for you to, to make a nice recovery here, and hopefully we do get a chance to see you play. But uh, if not, hopefully uh, basketball season uh, we'll definitely see you out here in Lincoln, uh, maybe back in the state tournament as well. So uh, thanks again for the time, and, and uh, best of luck here as you kind of go through your rehab here uh, to start your senior season. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Austin Allen from Aurora joining us here on the Husker Online Show. Much more recruiting talk next as we caught up with Rivals.com's Adam Gorney. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show as Nebraska working its way here through the month of July. Recruiting has been full swing throughout the summer, and really a lot of the headlines for Nebraska have been uh, along the West Coast as uh, Sean Callahan back here on the Husker Online Show. And we thought it would be fitting to bring in Rivals.com West Coast analyst Adam Gorney. Always a favorite, first of all, Adam, on the Red Sea Scrolls. Uh, thanks for taking some time here with us. Definitely, Sean. No problem. Anytime, man. Well, you know, let, let, let's delve right into it. Nebraska had a great month of June, and, and uh, they were out in Calabasas or out in Southern California for their big satellite camp that had some great attendance numbers at it. And then a lot of those same guys came back uh, to their camp in Lincoln on Friday Night, Friday Night Lights at the end of June. Uh, but one guy that wasn't at the satellite camp that flew all the way to Lincoln to the camp uh, was Joseph Lewis, who, by the way, didn't even attend our own Rivals camp that we hosted in Atlanta. Right. Right. Yeah, Joseph Lewis is a guy who um, is looking for two things. I've talked to his coaches a bunch. I think I have a pretty good handle on what he's really looking for. He's looking for a great relationship with his position coach and he's looking to be at least have the opportunity to get on the field early. So he's not going to be worried about the biggest program. He's not going to be worried about location so much. It's, it's really going to be that relationship that he builds through the summer and then especially into the fall, uh, you know, with Keith Williams and the other guys across the country that are recruiting him. He's going to be, he's already a national recruit. Um, obviously USC is going to be a main contender for him. His high school is only about two miles away from the school. So that's going to play a factor, but getting him to Lincoln, allowing him to see the atmosphere there. I talked to his coaches. They're blown away by it. He loved it out there. 
uh, love the experience and just the feel for Nebraska football in the area that all the California kids talk about. Uh, if they get an official visit out of him, for sure, uh, if he gets on that plane, he's known to uh, miss a flight here and there. But uh, if he gets on that plane to Lincoln, it could be pretty big for Nebraska heading into the fall. Yeah, it was funny because he missed um, his flight the week before for Nebraska's Friday Night Lights camp. And uh, after missing the Rivals.com five-star challenge flight to Atlanta, uh, I told Nate Klaus, well, here we go again. But um, he did get on that plane and ended up maybe being the better camp to be at. 3,000 fans uh, at a high school football camp on a Friday night in Lincoln. Uh, what kind of impact do you think that might have had on some of those kids that came out here for that event? Yeah, I think huge. You know, um, in California, they play seven-on-seven seven every single weekend. There's camps every single weekend. But you don't get that raucous environment, you know, that that diehard mentality from the fans that you do when you step foot in Lincoln. And all the kids that come back to California talk about it, just how special of a place it is, how much people care, and they're always just wowed that they're walking down the street and people know them. They're looking for autographs and pictures. And that does play a factor. I mean, there are a lot of things that will keep a lot of kids in California. The weather is one, being close to home, playing in the pack of all those things that they grew up knowing and loving, the familiarity of it. But there's also something, you know, really exciting about uh, going to a place like Lincoln where the football is everything, the fans are really, really diehard. They don't really experience that level of excitement out here as much, and a lot of kids are drawn to it. We're talking with Adam Gorney here on the Husker Online Show as we talk about Nebraska's impact in the state of California. And uh, one of the guys that had a big impact at Nebraska's camp was a 2018 player from Calabasas, uh, Bookie Riley Hiles. And, I mean, he might have been the best guy in the camp when you break down just the performance that night. Uh, were you surprised? Maybe did you get a chance to watch some of the highlights and read some of the reports out of the camp um, that he really emerged on that stage, knowing that Tyjon Lindsey, Joseph Lewis, and guys like Keyshawn Johnson and uh, Javon McQuitty and, and others were all at this camp? Yeah, Bookie is a kid who who's not going to blow you away physically. Um, with his hair and his beard, he's obviously you look at him and you say that's a, that's a that's a good looking guy right there. Um, but you know the thing with Bookie is he really really wants to prove that he's the best player on the field. He wants to make plays. He's an aggressive cornerback that goes after it. And uh, you know more times than not, when a kid has that want to, he's going to be a really successful player. So. Every camp that I see him, every seven-on-seven event, he's ready to go. He's fired up about everything that he's doing, and that's a coach's dream. He's going to be a kid that listens to the coaches, takes to the coaching, all that kind of stuff. And in terms of his recruitment, USC's definitely up there after they offered, um, but he's been to Nebraska multiple times now. That that Calabasas connection with Tristan Jebbia and Keyshawn Jr., and all those guys will play a factor. You know, Playing with your friends is, is going to be an important and big thing for him. Uh, so Nebraska will be a contender for him for uh, for the next two years. Do you get the sense, Adam, it's almost been a nuisance to these West Coast teams that Nebraska has come in there and done this because it's really not been done like this that I've seen where a team so far away has been able to kind of just hang around with a lot of these big-name guys. And um, it's definitely led for some interesting storylines with all these guys still coming back out here again and again um, where typically in most years you don't see something like this happen. Yeah, it's certainly a challenge, and I think it's it's challenging to the Pac-12 teams because Nebraska is doing a whole lot of it. Ohio State is doing it now. Michigan is dipping in. Alabama has come out and taken two of the best players from the West Coast. Uh, but particularly Nebraska is being really aggressive coming out and getting West Coast kids. 
Mike Riley's West Coast connections are paying off in a big way there. Um, and, then, and then just the, you know, the culture around the Nebraska football program and the town and the team and the history and all that kind of stuff plays a big factor. So USC is still going to get their guys. UCLA is going to get their guys. A lot of guys want to go to Oregon. But it's becoming more of a challenge uh, to recruit all these guys. You know, two or three years ago, you weren't hearing five-star receivers like Joseph Lewis were going to visit Nebraska in the summer or all those guys in the spring that went out or multiple visits or a guy like Darnay Holmes has been there six or seven times now. So you're seeing, you know, a lot more attention paid to the program, and that's obviously the first step in getting those guys locked in. And, and Keyshawn Jr. and Tristan look as solid as anybody uh, in the country. So that's definitely a big step to, to continuing that pipeline into Southern California. Rivals.com West Coast analyst Adam Gorney, our guest here on the Husker Online Show. And another name that was in Lincoln uh, again was Tyjon Lindsay. And, you know, he's one of those kids that, that plays it close to the vest, uh, doesn't divulge a whole lot. The facts that we know right now are, you know, he is close to Tate Martell, Ohio State quarterback recruit. There's been a lot of rumblings about him at Ohio State, but uh, you've kind of had this little subtweet war going on between Zach Smith and Keith Williams, the receivers coaches at Ohio State in Nebraska. <laughs> what, what's your take just on the whole Tyjon Lindsay thing? Because um, it is interesting to, to follow. I know uh, a month ago, I think a lot of people assumed it was Ohio State, but then he made a return visit, and then there was a lot of subtweets at Nebraska by Zach Smith. Um, what do you what you what do you make of all all of his uh, everything going on in his recruitment? Yeah, no, nothing blockbuster here, but I definitely think it's those two teams just going to battle for the kid. It's going to be interesting where he lands. Now, Ohio State has some built-in advantages. Urban Meyer and, and, and the things that he's done with undersized receivers in the slot, getting them the ball, letting him run in space, that's exactly Tyjon Lindsay's game. He could do that, or he can go deep and stretch the field, maybe better than any receiver in the country. He was outstanding in, in Atlanta at the five-star challenge making people miss, looking like they were running in sand. Um, he was just phenomenal in seven-on-seven play, and that's the kind of player he is. But when he puts on pads, he can stretch the field, get behind defensive backs. Um, you know, his relationship with Tate Martell, they consider themselves brothers. Um, he lived with Tate Martell for a, a while in Las Vegas. The family is close to Tyjon. So that is, is going to play a significant factor, and it's going to be a disadvantage for Nebraska. But Tyjon has been there a bunch. He's very familiar with Lincoln in Nebraska. He likes Keith Williams. He drove all the way from Corona to Calabasas uh, or Oak Park for the uh, satellite camp, which was, which was interesting to see. So there is definitely genuine interest there. And another thing with Tyjon is he wants to get on the field early. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's short but very physical as a wide receiver. So – uh, he could play in the Big Ten. So it's really those two teams going at it. And, and like you said, Sean, Tyjon doesn't say too much about his recruitment, what he's really, really thinking. So um, the sense I get is those two teams going after it, and it's going to be a battle into July. And, and he's going to make a decision in August still. Is that the plan? Yeah, that's the plan now. Now, that always changes. And, you know, if you follow recruiting, kids who want to commit uh, on a certain date sometimes push it back. If he wants to – if he feels like he – wants to take official visits or isn't certain about his decision. Um, you know, he's lived on the West Coast his entire life. So, um, you know, Ohio State, Nebraska, I'm sure he's going to want to get out there at some point, uh, possibly for a game weekend. So we'll see. The plan is definitely August uh, as it goes now. And, uh, you know, it, it, it could still play out into the fall. And obviously, 
uh, closer to signing day. As we wrap things up here with Adam Gorney, lastly, Jameer Calvin was not a receiver that was at the satellite camp for Nebraska this month, but or at the camp in Lincoln. He was at the satellite camp, though, in, in California. Uh, has been very high on the Huskers. Talked about them a lot to us in Atlanta. But Notre Dame comes in here uh, a couple of weeks ago with an offer. How much has that changed things up, and where do you see Nebraska at right now with Jameer Calvin? Yeah, it was interesting. I thought Nebraska was definitely – the clear favorite, the front runner, the team to beat, all that kind of stuff. And after I talked to him about that Notre Dame visit, he got the sense that he wanted to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Not to say that Nebraska is anywhere falling out or anything like that, but he's going to take a really, really close look at Notre Dame. He goes to Los Angeles Cathedral High School, very you know quality education there. Um, and so he's going to he's going to definitely take a look at Notre Dame. I was even a little surprised. You know, everybody that gets a Notre Dame offer in California is very, very excited about it. He was. He was really pumped about this one. So I think he's going to take a visit. It's all going to depend on that. But, um, you know, Nebraska's done everything they can with Jameer Calvin. They've recruited you know, him really tough. They've been involved for a very long time. You know, like I've said before, Keith Williams' relationship with these guys is crucial. Um, so that's going, to, that's going to definitely play a factor. But now Notre Dame has to be really closely monitored there. Adam, uh, we appreciate the time. I think we, we've talked to you so much and interviewed you in ta- <laughs> the last month or two. You, you've almost become a part of our staff here at Husker Online. So <laughs> thanks for all the time you give us. Always, Sean. No problem, man. All right. Much more here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com. Your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, says we just heard from Adam Gorney of Rivals.com and also Austin Allen. So a little bit of recruiting fix for you here in the month of July. But as we close today's show, we wanted to just get a big picture snapshot of the offense. And next week we will talk more about the defense. But I uh, wanted to get Nate's take now that everything's behind us, camps, Friday night, Friday night light events, um, everything here in this month of July, the coaches are kind of in what is their dead period where they can't host visitors. So uh, we are somewhat at a standstill. But as you look, Nate, at the offense, give me five names, five players here to zone in on here over the next couple of weeks before the start of fall camp. Well, I think if you're going to zone in on on five particular guys, you have to look at players that have already visited Nebraska. Um, and, and in that regard, I think you start at running back with a, a guy like Nathan Tilford, who you know uh, camped with Nebraska at the satellite camp in California, came back to the Friday Night Lights camp, spent a weekend in Lincoln for the Big Red Weekend, also with uh, with his entire family. Ben Miles is a fullback, uh, H-back type of player out of uh, Louisiana, the son of Les Miles, the head coach at LSU, he was at the spring game, is, is very high on Nebraska. Um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, kind of reports are that he's kind of nearing in a decision. I know that he wants to make uh, kind of finalize his recruitment before his senior season. And then you look at the wide receivers uh, that, you know, many of whom have been on campus several times. Uh, Jameer Calvin has been on campus for the spring game for um, uh, and then also camped with him out at the, the satellite camp. Uh, Joseph 
Joseph Lewis, the five-star wide receiver out of L.A. that was just at Nebraska's Friday Night Lights camp. And then Tyjon Lindsey, who also was at the spring game and then came back for the, the Friday Night Lights camp. So those are probably the, the five main names heading into the season, heading into, you know, fall camp, um, you know, kind of that, that area where I think uh, Nebraska's sitting very well with all those guys and, and um, you know, many of which are going to be making a decision here shortly. Nate Klaus, Sean Callahan, as we close out the show, talking some recruiting. I want to get into Ben Miles. I mean, this is an interesting guy, the son of Les Miles, um, obviously has the Big Ten connections. His mother was a basketball coach at Michigan. Les Miles, a longtime um, coach for – was. I mean, I believe he was on Bo Schembechler's staff there for many years. I know he recruited Amon Green years ago when Amon Green was at Omaha Central for uh, Michigan um, in, in the 90s. But – um, what do you ta- what do you make of that? Because I think most assume that Ben Miles will be a Husker right now, based on what we know and, and what's out there. Uh, but what's your take on a guy like this picking Nebraska over LSU? Well, it's interesting because you know when, when your when your dad is a football coach, sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. There's there's uh, you know some uh, some certain expectations that come along with it uh, when you're when you're playing under your father. Um, and, and some kids, you know, decide to go ahead and do their own thing. And then you look at how things kind of transpired last year towards the end of the season for Les Miles, you know. Uh, so I'm sure that one one factor of this decision for Ben is, hey, if I go to LSU, is my dad going to be there for my entire career, for my four or five years that I'm, you know, at LSU? So uh, I think that... Um, the last year definitely was one of those eye-opening years for that family. I mean, it was almost like he survived the, the palace coup there. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, everybody tried to take him out, and he was able to basically stop the assassins. Exactly. So, uh, and I'm sure, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that left a sour taste in, in his mouth, you know, how they kind of treated his dad and, and maybe where where he sees his dad standing there in Baton Rouge. So, um, but I'll tell you what, he they have a lot of respect for Mike Riley, and I think the way that Mike Riley used Andy Janovich last year really opened his eyes. Uh, he sees, um, you know, himself as, as someone who could come in and make an impact at that fullback position. I know Nebraska's also talked about, you know, getting him very involved in the passing game, having him be kind of an H-back. So kind of a combination of a fullback and a tight end, being able to do a lot of different things. Uh, And I don't know that that, uh, Mike Riley has ever scholarshiped a a fullback player before. So that kind of tells you how much they think of Ben Miles. He's 6'1", 215, 220 pounds, a very athletic kid, runs very hard, but has great hands. Is he their only son? Uh, that I don't know. Um, I, he's the only one that I'm aware of, but uh, I don't know the, the specifics on that. But I know that, uh, you know, following his visit for that spring game, Nebraska vaulted up his list. And, and like I was mentioning, the, the fact that, that uh, Nebraska can point to Andy Janovich and say, hey, look, this is how we used our fullback last year. And he went ahead and, and got drafted. He's, he's on the Denver Broncos right now. Um, and I think that that really resonated with him. So, um, you know, I, I think going forward he he could be making a decision shortly um and nebraska is most definitely right in the mix there and they looking at a family photo they actually have two sons um it looks like ben might be the youngest one i can't tell uh, they're older pictures but he's got two sons and two daughters but it'd be interesting if if les miles were to just step down in the next year or two 
at LSU would he move to Lincoln I'm sure they'd be here a lot to watch his son play football but uh, an interesting uh, guy to, to have around and his connection to Bo Pelini also some, another kind of layer to that story um, you know because obviously Bo was an integral part of his national championship staff in 2007 so he's probably well aware of Nebraska oh. and he was on that 2002 Oklahoma uh, 2003 Oklahoma staff that came into Memorial Stadium uh, with Mike Gundy as the coordinator and Nebraska beat them, uh, but he beat the Huskers the year before. So he's well aware of Nebraska from both his Oklahoma State days and even when he was at Michigan. Well, the other interesting thing is is that this is another another prospect that has a fa- you know high profile father. When you look at the commitments Nebraska already has, Spielman, yeah, Spielman, uh, Keyshawn Johnson Jr. I'll throw JoJo Doman in there. JoJo Doman, yeah. I mean, Craig Doman is one of the most respected sports agents in the game. Yep, and then uh, you've got Robert Porsche the fourth, whose father was a you know fourteen year old uh, NFL veteran, uh, three time All Pro guy. Um, I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. You know, there's a lot of high profile fathers, uh, you know, the, that are sending their sons to Lincoln. Nebraska here. is building the all dad team right now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're putting together just this lineup of dads that cannot be matched. Well, it's pretty fascinating to to see that happen. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's happened at other places, but. Um, it's and it's not just former Huskers, you know, former Husker greats that are sending their sons to Lincoln. This there haven't is, been a lot of former Husker kids, honestly. Really I mean, no. Banderas, um, you know, is one, but um, there really haven't been as many as you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not that you would think, and um, you know that might change in the in the near future. I don't know, but uh, uh, it is pretty fascinating to see how many high profile, you know, uh, you know sons of high-profile fathers are, are kind of coming to Lincoln. All right, you heard Adam Gorney uh, talk about Jameer Calvin um, and the Notre Dame thing. Um, how much are you putting into that? I mean, do you think it's really changed up the game? As we, we're talking recruiting here with Nate Klaus and Jameer Calvin, a four-star wide receiver who was a, a strong Husker lean for what we felt a long time when Notre Dame recently comes in and offers. Nate, do you think that's really changed it up? You know, I, I think a Notre Dame offer always seems to – um, you know, make kids take a step back from wherever they were at in the recruiting process. And, and um, anytime Notre Dame offers a kid, they're going to take a hard look at that program. Obviously, they've got a great tradition. They've recruited well in, in Southern California. Um, their academic side of things is very, um, you know, kind of speaks for itself. So, yeah, I, I think that it may have changed things up a little bit. But, you know, it, a lot of it boils down to relationships. And, and I know for a fact that there isn't another coach out there that has a better relationship with Jameer Calvin than Nebraska wide receiver coach Keith Williams does and those two guys are, are very very close and when you hear Jameer Calvin talk about Keith Williams it's not it's not like he's talking about yeah this coach Williams is recruiting me it's it's you know more of a, a mentor a mentor type of deal you know uh, he they talk about they don't even talk about football necessarily they, they talk about everything else under the sun uh, I mean there is some coaching and some football talk that does go on but um, you I mean he, he kind of talks about him as this as if Keith Williams is his uncle and I think that is uh, that carries a lot of weight with kids I think it carries a lot of weight with the families too because his parents have both been to Lincoln already they, they came to the spring game uh, they're very comfortable with Keith Williams so um, you know when Jameer Calvin released that top eight you know I, I don't know that anytime a kid releases a top eight, I, I, 
I kind of scoff at that a little bit because uh, I usually can say that there's only three to four, maybe five schools in that top eight that they're legitimately. Is he going to do a Bleacher Report deal? You think? I don't. At this point in time, I don't know for sure. I don't think that he's going to be doing a, a video or anything like that. But it's it's strange because when when I've talked with J- Jameer Calvin, kind of um, away, just kind of small talk, he's told me, hey. I'm tired of the recruiting process. This is something that's starting to wear on me. I want to get it over with sooner than later. And then he releases a top eight and, and said, you know, says he's going to com- continue to kind of incrementally um, break things down. So I don't know. Um, it, it's interesting to, to try and figure out exactly where he's at with things. But I can tell you that I, 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 Nebraska is still in good standing. I don't think that Notre Dame has completely rocked you know, the boat. Yeah, here. rock the boat uh, all that much. Well, lots to talk about and cover. Make sure you are on HuskerOnline.com as there will no doubt be a lot of recruiting storylines regarding the offensive players here over the next few days, next few weeks. And Nate Klaus and the team of Mike Mattia and Brian Munson will keep you updated. But that wraps it up here for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.